the Betfair Exchange. More ways to bet, more ways to win. Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong Podcast. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate online resource for racing fans. Welcome along to a special edition of the Final Furlong Podcast. I'm your host, Emmett Kennedy. Thank you very much for joining us. Great to have your company in this edition of the show. We are in conversation with jockey Robbie Downey, who has been through hell and back over the last few months Robbie joins us now Robbie thank you very much for giving us your time on the Final Forum podcast yeah no thanks very much for having me on thank you it's been a pretty hectic time and to catch everybody up on the 19th of June last year you went over to France for a ride as they do in the UK and in Ireland there was a standard urine test you were one of the people selected willingly you took part in that and five weeks later, Franz Gallo informed you, and I believe Eddie Lynham, because you had started out being attached to Eddie Lynham's yard, that you had tested positive for cocaine metabolites. The first question that I have to ask you, have you ever taken cocaine? No, no, I've never taken cocaine. Um, never never uh, failed a drug test, never taken cocaine. It's, I, I was just... I was, utterly shocked when uh, when I got the results. Can I ask you then, Robbie, is it possible that you unknowingly consumed the drug? And I spoke to a solicitor about this yesterday, and bear in mind that the jurisdictions are very, very different in France and the UK and Ireland, and interpretations can be different, and we'll get into that, because I think that's all been very interesting. But the no-fault or negligence defence wouldn't have given you a full reprieve, but it might have reduced your ban. So is it possible that you've socialized with someone who in front of you did it but you took no part in it no no uh no i've never uh, I, I i don't know I, I wouldn't hang around with anybody that does uh, cocaine um so no that's definitely uh that's definitely a no um as for as for an environmental contamination um you know, uh, the BHA has a threshold level of um, 150 nanograms per 100 milliliters of urine, and um, and the hair test would strongly suggest that I wasn't over that. Um, France don't operate operate any thresholds, so in other words, there could be a microscopical amount, and um, it could have entered your system. One, you wouldn't know about it. Two, uh, you, you probably wouldn't have seen it enter your system. Or, or you wouldn't know know how it got there. It'd be just an environmental contamination, and um, uh, because uh, because France is the only country um, is the only country that operates without a threshold, and um, you know it, it just it, it just uh, England operates with a threshold, and France doesn't. So you can fail for an absolute minuscule amount. And it's my understanding, Robbie, that France have not given you the amount that you tested positive for. They've not handed over the data as to how much was in your system. Um, yeah, no, that's true. Um, when I uh, when I found out I um, I failed the drug test, I got a hair sample in England. I immediately rang Paul Struthers. I told Paul and the uh, Jockeys Association about it. They said, look, Robbie, they said, if you haven't done the drugs, they said, go and get a hair sample. And um, as we now know, the BHA uses hair sampling to determine whether jockeys have taken drugs or not, and they use them on two jockeys. And I got a hair sample from uh, one of the best lads in England, and it came back negative for metabolites. And I was then advised by 
a French jockey's agent to go to France and to get another hair sample because uh, the France Gallic weren't going to support my English hair sample anyway. So I went to France, um, paid for it myself, got another hair sample, and it was six months. There were six months worth of sampling on it, and it came back clear of cocaine and all its metabolites. Um, then, obviously, with the next step was an expert witness to prove, but because France Gallup never um, never gave me my, never gave the levels that was in my system, um, no expert witness could, no, no expert witness could stand up and give evidence that I hadn't taken the drugs. So, you know, obviously without the, without the levels that I asked for, for France Gallup, I couldn't really, I couldn't, there was no way of proving that I hadn't taken any drugs because I couldn't get an expert witness and, um, nobody was willing to stand up and say, yeah, well, without, you know, everyone we contacted, uh, they all said the same thing. Um, without the expert witness and without Frank Gallup giving your levels, there's nothing we can do for you. We know that Rob Havlin had a similar incident and a run-in with the French authorities and that cost him a great amount in legal expenses and it didn't go his way. Was that influential in your decision-making to not bring a legal representative with you to France? And in hindsight, do you regret not bringing a legal representative with you? Um, yeah, well, in Rob Haslund's case, he he spent a lot of money. He actually got an expert witness as well. And the same thing, France Gallup, they didn't give the levels. The expert witness obviously couldn't couldn't have a say. So without his levels, he was denied the right to know, you know, what was, what was in a system or he was denied, he, he, you know, he was denied to, be able to prove himself that he didn't take any drugs. Um, um, I, I know, I know from Rob Havlin's case, you know, he spent a lot of money, and you know, they they just didn't take anything into consideration over there. So, I'm sure the case might have been the same with me. But in hindsight, yes, I probably would have. If I could have went to France again for the appeal, I would have definitely got, um, got a legal a legal representative with me because. Um, you know, I only went over with uh, Hervé Nagar, who's brilliant. He's a French jockey's agent. But um, just the legal side of it, I definitely, um, definitely would have went again with a legal representative. Yeah, so Hervé Nagar has acted as your interpreter in this matter. But as you say, as you stated, while he has a degree from a business school, he doesn't have a legal background. All of this can be in, in hindsight, because in the back of your mind and in the back of the PGA's mind, there was always the BHA to fall back on. Did the Professional Jockeys Association ever reach out to Franz Gallo and say, we do things a little bit differently in the interests of fairness? Can you give us the amount that Robbie has seemingly tested positive for? Yes. Um, uh, the Professional Jockeys Association asked them, I asked them, and the BHA then asked them. Uh, they said, we need the levels, we, we need to determine what was in Robbie's system, if it was under the English threshold or or how much was in his system. And without the levels, I I couldn't prove my innocence without the levels. I, I couldn't prove any, any, any anything. And the, what I was told in France, before I went to France, I was told the best chance we have is, of, of winning this case is when the case is brought back to, uh, to England. And um, I thought England were going to give me a fair show to BHA. They knew that we were going to apply for non-reciprocation before, before actually the uh, before the appeal took place, because we knew 
we knew, you know, France Gallup weren't going to listen to our arguments and you know, before the appeal we all we already uh, we already uh, made made it aware to the BHA that if it doesn't go Robbie's way, you know, we're going to apply for non reciprocation. And BHA's response was they were going to take either a neutral stance or they were going to uh, they were going to support my application uh, for non reciprocation. In other words, they were they were either going to sit in the fence or else they were going to you know really support it and go ahead with me. Obviously, that all changed the afternoon before the hearing. From saying that they were going to you know, take a neutral stance or support it, they actually went against it. And this was the day before the hearing in London in the BHA. BHA then then went against my uh, my application. And just to confirm, for because the final forum podcast, thankfully, is listened to by a large amount of horse racing fans. I myself don't come from a racing background. Tony Keenan and Rory Delargy is is the same. But there are a lot of your fellow weighing room colleagues, trainers, uh, assistant trainers, stable staff, people who work in the industry, people who work in the media who who listen to this show. A lot of people will be very very familiar with this case, and some not so much. They'll have an I vague idea of it, but they won't know the full details. So to just completely clarify this, the BHA told you and the Professional Jockeys Association that at the very worst, they would remain neutral. That was their stance on this. They were at the very, very worst, they would be neutral, but that they were probably going to support you. Was it a week before they sought legal counsel? Yet you weren't informed until the day before the British appeal. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, that's exactly it. Um, I was told I I actually went, you know, leading the, the, the prior week to the hearing. I was, uh, you know, we had a lot of evidence. We had a statement from the BHA's own lab, and the statement said, "This is the BHA's own urine testing lab," and it said that without uh, without the levels, um, you know, the hair test, they strongly they strongly, uh, you know, they they strongly suggest that. And I was a lot well under the uh, the English threshold, but without the levels. Again, obviously, because I hadn't got the levels, I had no chance to prove my innocence without the levels. But yeah, the BHA were they were uh, at worst they were going to be neutral on the whole the whole decision until the day before. That's when I was notified the day before the hearing. But they sought the legal counsel the week before, so presumably. And the BHA are not here to speak for themselves. But presumably, they changed their minds then, the week before. Yet you weren't informed until 3 p.m. the day before the hearing. When you were given that news, having been previously told by the Professional Jockeys Association and yourself, the BHA telling you their stance and then dramatically changing it, what was your reaction? Um, I, I couldn't. Be, I couldn't believe the change of mind. I didn't get why they changed their mind. Um, you know, as I say, I couldn't do any more tests. I did every test that I could to prove my innocence, and without the levels, I just, I just couldn't get over the line. Without the levels, that was it. And France Gallup just never gave me the levels. Um, as far as far as I knew about the BHA, I thought, yeah, they're going to be our best chance of winning. And obviously, from them not supporting me. That was you done then, basically. Paul Struthers has been, I know, a a great ally of yours 
and he is the chief executive of the Professional Jockeys Association. Publicly, he has come out and condemned this entire thing because you've maintained your innocence all the way through. He described it as a really, really dark day for the regulator and that he could not recall a similar scenario in his 18 years of experience working for the BHA or for that matter in his present role. Yeah, um, Paul. Paul was uh, Paul was very good throughout, um, amongst others. Uh, Paul, Harvey Nagar, you know they were brilliant throughout. Um, obviously, when when uh, when the BHA went against me and when this all came out after the hearing, uh, Paul was Paul couldn't believe it. He, he couldn't believe that we lost the case, and um, you know he was very disappointed in the BHA. And um, obviously, they had their chance to back me, and you know from. Even from the hair tests, you know, from from them, from them taking hair tests off jockeys to prove their innocence. You know, I I had two of them in two different countries, and it just didn't count enough. So, yeah, we, we were all very uh, very disappointed. Have the BHA reached out to you in any way? Um, no, no, I haven't got any more uh, responses off the BHA since the. Did Nick Rust reach out to you? No, uh, no, I haven't heard any response after being on the Nicolup show. Um, I've had a lo- lo- lot of, uh, I've had a lot of backing on social media on Twitter, um, but no, nobody, uh, you know, no, nobody's, uh, nobody said anything. The Irish Horse Racing Board, uh, the BHA, or Frank Bellop, uh, no, nobody's commented. I haven't been in touch with anybody. You were supported by Irish trainers, Eddie Lynham being one of them who you, you started your career with and you got to ride in Dundalk recently enough. What have the HRI said to you? Are you saying that they haven't reached out to you either? Um, no, uh, the IH, IHRB, um, they, I, I haven't heard anything from them. Um, as far as I know, Paul Struthers is going to apply for, uh, you know, we're going to apply to try and get a license in Ireland and hopefully Ireland We'll take uh, we'll take everything into consideration. Hopefully, they'll give me my license. But I don't know what the what the update is on that. I've done everything to try and clear my name. There's nothing more I can do. The Irish Horse Racing Board were still in the process of applying for a license with them. But um, as far as the BHA is concerned, um, I've just gotten a six month ban. They've given me a six month ban for uh, for obviously something that I've, that I've not done. You've taken every step to clear your name. You have gone public. I know that you have had assistance from the Professional Jockeys Association. They, they've helped out. But this has been a great personal cost to you. I don't understand why, if you were guilty, that you would go to such an effort and to such a personal cost, financially and I'm sure emotionally, to prove your innocence. Having undergone everything having taken every single process that you can, having been advised by Paul Struthers and by the PGA, and I'm sure advice from legal counsel in in the UK and from weighing room colleagues and from trainers, to have the governing body turn on you and to not have the IHRB reach out to you must be incredibly deflating. Definitely. Um, obviously, when I went to France, I was told my best chance of winning would be bringing it back to England. Be, uh, bring it back to the BHA, sorry. The BHA, they let me run up somewhere um, on the basis that my my hair test came back negative 
and yeah, just like that, they just turned on me. Um, obviously, look, everything's there, everything's in black and white. It, it's obvious that I haven't taken any drugs, and um, you know, it's quite clear that they've given me six months ban for something I haven't done. As I say, look, I was riding in England and in Ireland uh, for for most of my career, and you know, hopefully, there's something that the IHRB can do. That's that's pretty much the only option. Um, but other than that, it's you know, it's it's six months of uh, of unemployment for something that I've proven I haven't done, and you know, I clearly haven't done. Tell me about the doctor Jerry Hill because he has backed you. Doctor Jerry Hill uh, was completely on my side. You know, he he was uh, he he wasn't at the at the hearing in England in in, in London, but um, you know, Doctor Jerry Hill and Adrian McGoldrick. You know, they uh, they were both completely on my side. Uh, they both agreed from the hair test that I couldn't have taken the drugs. And, you know, they, they both said that to me. They both said, look, from the basis of your hair test, you know, it's evidence that you haven't taken any drugs. You've talked about working in Ireland. You made the decision to make the move to the UK. In your career to date, you've won in prize money €653,353 in Ireland, £120,670 in the UK. You also had a contract in India. I presume that a contract means that you're getting steady pay. That contract had to yeah. be then voided when this ban was brought into force. You're 23 years of age, and a lot of people listening to the Final Problem podcast are freelance workers, and a lot of people who work in media are freelance as well. You essentially now have no income for the next six months. Yeah, that's it. Um when I actually had to come back from India, I had a contract in India and I only did a month of it. And the Indian authority said, go back, uh, clear your name and then obviously come back and, you know, we, we can start where you left off. And, um, you know, I stopped riding on November the, uh, the 22nd in India. That was when my contract, um, my contract ended. And I've had a couple of rides in Dundalk for, uh, for my boss, Eddie Lynham and, um, John McConnell since that. But, um, you know, we we actually applied uh, for the BHA to backdate the ban um, from when I was banned in India. Obviously, I, I don't know what the situation is on that. I haven't got an update. But, yeah, yeah, pretty much out of work now for six months. It's just it's very, very it's shocking, really. Um, you know, I'm, I'm actually getting the ban for something that I clearly haven't done. I've proven I haven't done. And um, I'm getting a six-month ban and, you know, Matt Chapman, I know, has spoken to you and has vigorously defended you. You were on our friend Nick Luck's show on Sunday and you came across very well there. Nick pleaded for common sense at the end of that interview as well. A lot of people are writing about this, but do you feel that most of the media are talking about you, but there aren't a huge amount talking to you? Uh, and yeah, definitely. Like, look... Um the more social media, you look. Know, obviously, it, I don't. It's not going to change anything. Um, it's not going to change anything now. Um, but you know, it, it, it. Look, obviously, obviously, I just, I just wanted to clear my name, really. Well, obviously, I wanted to write first, but you know, the second part of it was clearing my name. You know, um, you know, like the last thing I need, you know, as, as a young jockey trying to make a career for himself is. Um, is, you know, a label of, of of a drug user over your name. So, um, no, it's it's very important to me that I, I did get my name cleared. And um, I think I've got the message across now. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people know how, how uh, 
how I was mistreated by the BHA in France Gallup. I think a lot of people are, uh, you know, are aware of how, um, of how, of how unjust it is, you know. You talked about the reaction from people who watched Look on Sunday, and I'm sure that there was a good reaction to people who'd read the piece with Matt Chapman as well. I hope that you get a good reaction to this interview too, Robbie, and I genuinely mean that. Brian Cooper has joined us on the podcast on numerous occasions, and he's talked about that, the the abuse that a jockey can get for a perceived bad ride, when in actual fact, that's not the case at all. We had a high-profile case last year of uh, of a young man whose girlfriend had to take to Twitter in defense of him because of the amount of abuse he was getting for a simple mistake in in a race ride and people not taking into account the effect that, that can have on someone's well-being. Has Twitter been kind to you or has it been somewhat cruel? Um from the responses I've seen, it's uh, it's all been good. Um, obviously, you get you get a you know you can get a couple of bad responses, but to be honest, that doesn't bother me at all. Um, you know, look, I I know I'm innocent. I think I think most people out there know. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, it's it's in black and white. Really, all you have to do is, is look at the evidence, and um, you know, uh, as far as uh, as far as Twitter, um. Twitter and social media, um, a lot of people have been very supportive, yeah. Excellent. Well, that's good to hear. And you have the right attitude as well, by the way, because Declan Rick said it best, I think. Haters going to hate, block out the haters, and you can you can move on. In terms of support from the industry, have you had trainers, because you've been based in, in the UK, have you had British trainers reach out to you and offer you help, Irish trainers? Eddie Lynham obviously gave you some rides at Dundalk. H- have you had support from trainers and owners who've said... We will back you. Yeah, um, yeah, I've had, I've had a, I've had a lot of support for. Like, obviously, this happened in June, and you know, I've ridden winners for. Uh, I was in England obviously this year, and even with the news coming out, you know, I went straight up to the trainers. I told them this was going on. You know, um, you know, they were always, they were always very supportive. Uh, David O'Mara, uh, David Barron, um, John Quinn was very supportive as well. You know, um. Obviously, then when I went to India, it was flying out there. And when I came back to Ireland, Eddie Lynham and John McConnell, you know, they've all been very supportive. And they're people of high integrity, particularly Fast Eddie, Eddie Lynham and, and David O'Mara and John Quinn. They're not going to reach out and support you if they had any semblance of doubt that you were guilty. The fact that they are supporting you is great to hear, for one thing. But it must also then add to the frustration that... France Gallo have their rules and they've run with it but that the BHA just threw you under the bus at the very last second my next question then is about you and how you are because watching you on on look on Sunday I was a bit concerned about you to be honest you you look shook has this taken its toll on you no no I don't think so no look it's it's obviously been disappointing as you can imagine it's obviously very disappointing and um, I'm still in a little bit of shock but you know look a lot of people have come back from bands obviously whether they were guilty or not look I, I, at the end of the day I'm going to be coming back anyway and um, you know so we'll uh, we'll just keep it and keep our head keep our head down until then Robbie is this the end of the line is there no further process unless the IHRB step in and give you a lifeline is, is this the end of the line are you now having to wait until July yeah well um we could take them to 
you know, th- there is the option of taking them to court, but a lot of courts don't, um, you know, a lot of courts don't fight sporting bodies, so um, it could be very difficult in that sense. But yeah, uh, you know, our, our best chance is if the Irish Horse Racing Board don't reciprocate the English and French band, that's, that's our best bet. Would you be comfortable ever riding in France again? Um, obviously, uh, obviously, I'd love to ride in France again. Um, but as far as as far as uh, as far as being comfortable, um, no, because I know I haven't taken any any drugs the last time, and I've gotten you know somehow there was something in my system. So, um, like, obviously. I know I haven't taken anything, but I, I was just very, very shocked that there was something in my system. So uh, I'd always have that in the back of me, yeah. Are you apprehensive about continuing your career full-time in the UK, given the fact that the BHA told you that they were going to, at the very least, be on the sidelines, but would probably back you only to then turn their back on you? Would you be apprehensive about continuing your career there? Um. Yeah, look, um, I, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as um, as far as as far as when I when I obviously hopefully the BAJ or the Irish Horse Racing Board supports me, but as far as where I'm going to be based, um, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. What's your current plan as part of this ban? Are you to stay away from racing, or can you be engaged in work writing? on a daily basis? I'm not sure what the plan is, to be honest. Um, obviously, I was very shocked when I did get the ban. Um, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, so it, everything is still up in the air at the minute, whether to go abroad, uh, ride work for a couple of months, or whether to just get a work riding job in Ireland or England. I'm not 100% sure on what's going to happen. But um, I have a few options, so um, so I'll just have to, uh, I'll just have to see, what, uh, see what works. Do you feel that the BHA have taken a political stance here? That they've backed France Gallo because Ireland are the BHA's biggest ally, France would be their second biggest ally, and that you have become a victim of that? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, I think the BHA could have supported me. Um, they, could, they could have supported me if they wanted to. I just think that they've, uh, they've chosen to, to back France. Um, which just you know, it's, uh, no, I, I just still can't get over why they chose the backgrounds, but they did. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely think that. Yeah, you're 23, Robbie. You're a young man, and you've got a lot of life left in you, and you've got a lot of your career left to give as well. And I know that this is an incredibly frustrating, and disappointing, and probably depressing time. But keep the head up. Know that there are those who, plenty, who support you. This ban is is a great professional and personal cost to you as well. I hope that you come out of this on the right side. And whatever it is you choose to do, whether you choose to base yourself in Ireland, and maybe the IHRB will extend an olive branch. Maybe they will be the ones who decide not to reciprocate and that you'll be okay. But even if you have to serve the full term of your ban, I very much hope that you're able to resume your career and continue the success that you have been having. You seem to have a very, very strong mind, and I have great admiration for that. 
huge admiration for that and that can only help you going forward but hopefully you get the support and the help that you need and that you are back riding as soon as possible thank you very much Emily I appreciate that and thanks very much for joining us on the Final Forum podcast and for telling us your story Robbie I do hope that common sense prevails and that justice is done for jockey Robbie Downey our latest in conversation on the final furlong podcast we're back on Thursday when Rory Delarkey and Vanessa Ryle will be here trying to unearth loads of winners for the weekend and hopefully we'll find you plenty thank you very much for listening to the show you can get involved on Twitter at final furlong pod and on our Facebook page as well from all of us we will talk to you again very very soon God bless will it happen or won't it happen you can bet on it with the Betfair Exchange Proud sponsors of the Final Furlong podcast. Have you downloaded the free app, the Races app yet? With easy-to-use race cards and form, expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting, it's the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.